605. Morning. What a blessing it is to be here to worship the awesome and living God. Amen. On this beautiful Lord's Day. On Monday, we will honor those who have given their lives for this country, for soldiers who died defending what we call home. If you know a veteran, and we have several here, take some time to thank them for their service. And if you have had a loved one who has died for this country, we remember them and we thank them through this holiday. These men and women who gave their life for this country are special. And we should also be thankful for them. You know, every time I think of Memorial Day or Veterans Day, uh, and I have did this on a Wednesday night and got emotional and I practiced this and I'm not going to get emotional when I say it, but I think of the Lee Greenwood song. I, I think about, I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died who gave that right to me. Almost. Again, thank you for uh, any who have served and thank you for those who have died uh, serving uh, the families of those. You know, we also as Christians have a memorial day of sorts. But our memorial day isn't just once in a while or once in a year. Our memorial just happened. We actually just observed a memorial. We remember a man who came and died for us. A man who died to give us a chance for eternal life. If we obey Him. We remember Jesus and we remember the sacrifice He gave for us. He gave His life. And as we begin this morning, I'd like to continue with the thought of giving. You know, we think about these soldiers who gave their life. We think about Jesus who gave His life. And if you would, turn with me to Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. And we're going to talk about a woman who also gave something. But what did she give? Did she give her life? Did she give up her freedom? Did she give up her home? Her kids? Well, let's go to God's Word and find out. Luke chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quandrons. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in 
out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Now in the temple, go back and let's think about this for a minute. In the temple in the Jewish time, when Jesus was around, uh, there was a place, a specific area that uh, the people would come in and go and they would pay, uh, put this money into this treasury in the temple. Now this didn't exclude anybody. This was for the rich, for the medium, and for the poor. It was for everybody. They would come through and they would put their money in. And Jesus sits down and He begins to watch these people as they're putting their money in. Verse 41, it says, Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And then he sees in verse 42, in 41 he sees many who were rich putting much in, and then he sees this poor widow who came and threw in two mites. She throws in a quarter of a penny. In verses 43, Jesus says that I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given the treasury, given to the treasury. He watched these people as they came in, these rich folks, these regular folks, and these poor folks come in, and he watched how they gave, and he said this poor woman gave the most. You know, think about it. it We talked about it in Bible class. This was kind of a show for people. This was kind of a big deal when they would go give. People watched. They understood who had the money. They wanted to see. Sometimes these rich people would proclaim actually how much they were going to put in. There was a treasure box. And then above it there was a... uh, what they called a trumpet that came out kind of like a funnel at the top it opened up and you would put your money in people knew who was coming through and you know human nature makes you want to think and look about and and see these rich people coming in that would just be what would happen You you would see them oh here comes such and such coming through They never would say Matt's coming through with a bunch of money. I know that. They probably would miss me going right through. But anyway. You know, here they come. I already know what he's going to put in. Jesus pulls the disciples to him and he says, I want to tell you something. This poor widow... She gave more than anybody else. She gave her whole livelihood. No, she didn't give her life. No, she didn't give up her freedom. No, she didn't give up her house. But what did she give up? She gave the one thing that is important to us all. Money. Huh? We all need money, right? You need money to survive, right? 
You know, how does it feel when payday comes around? How does it feel when you got money in the bank? And I remember this. I used to not have a debit card. At one time, I didn't even have a bank account. But I did have a money clip. Alright? And this didn't happen very often. But I always loved it when my money clip was folded up and I had a big wad in there. Now, it wasn't full of 20s. Maybe the outside was full of 20s, but 1s and 5s were probably tucked in there so it looked nice, you know. But I really loved, I used to go get my check cashed at the town and country down in the middle of town. And I used to always love getting that money and putting it in my pocket. Boy, I loved it. It would stick out and I'd just feel on that big old knot, boy, and I'd be proud to have that cash. You know why? Because the way it got spent was according to me, right? It was the way that I wanted to spend my money. Nobody else could tell me how to spend that. Here was a widow who had very little. But what she did have, she gave it all to the Lord. So what can we learn, brethren? What can we learn from this widow? What can we learn from this story? Well, we first need to understand that giving, at least in the Christian sense, is a command. It is something that we absolutely have to do as a Christian. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2 says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. We have to follow the pattern set before us, amen? And that pattern is the Bible. We see examples of Paul commanding, especially here, the Corinthians on the first day of the week, to lay something aside as they have prospered. To give money to help with the people who are in need, to help with the work of the church. So we have a responsibility to give as we prosper. With that being said, what can we learn from this story? What can we learn from this widow and Jesus to help us with our giving, with our responsibility? Well, the first thing I'd like for you to consider is we have to understand that the Lord is watching the way we give. Verse 41, you remember? Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how people put money into the treasury. Jesus is watching just like He did that day. He's watching now. But what is He watching? Is He waiting for that big big amount to get dropped in the plate? Is He waiting to see hundreds of dollars being dropped in the plate by you? No, we know that 
He's not worried about no money. We're talking about the king of kings, huh? I don't think he's worried about any cash that you could give him probably. No. He's looking at the intent of our heart. And I want you to hold on to this proverb as we go through this. Proverbs 14.33 says this, Wisdom rests in the heart of him who has understanding. But what is in the heart of fools is made known. Jesus watched the rich come in, parade around as they threw big money in the treasury box. The heart of fools is made known. Jesus saw this. It was a show. It only pointed back to them, right? They put in this big money, they heard this big clanging going on, and all that it was done for was to point back to them. But this poor widow comes through that probably nobody even notices. And he tells the disciples, she gave more than any. Why? Because her heart was right. She had understanding. Remember, wisdom rests in the heart of the one with understanding. Think about our lives. Think about your giving. Do you just throw whatever amount you want in there? We kind of talked about it in class. Uh, do you just wait till the plate comes around and then you just kind of throw it in? Oh man, i got to give something. Do you throw in as little as possible? Do you throw in a big amount with your check opened up to make sure that somebody can see what you gave? We know it doesn't matter what people think, does it? But it does matter what Jesus thinks. And He's watching. We understand that the amount we put in depends on our jobs, how much money we make. We absolutely know that God doesn't expect us to just throw in all of our money and not have anything, right? But what the Lord is concerned with is the intent of your heart. The way you give depends on where your heart is. Which brings me to the second point. How can we have this same heart that the poor widow had when it comes to our giving? Consider these things just really quickly. The first thing is, we understand and we should understand, but this widow understood first and foremost... God will provide. Philippians 4.19, Paul tells them, uh, And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The widow's money wasn't even close in comparison to the rich ones. But she had something that none of the others had. She understood 
And therefore, when she gave, she had wisdom in her giving. Why? Because she knew who the leader of her life was. Oh, what a great thing. She knew that what she was putting in was everything she had. But she was rich in understanding, knowing that the Lord would provide for her. And she proved it by her giving. Her whole livelihood. Because she trusted Him. Now here's the application for us. Do we trust the Lord? Do we do that? Do we put in everything we have? Do we trust the Lord when we give? Listen to this psalm. Psalm 910, it says, And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Think about our lives. Think about the way you give. The widow, she had no idea Jesus was watching. And she proved it by what she did. Because she put in everything she had knowing that God was going to provide for her. She did it with true understanding. I may give it all, but I know the Lord will provide. Do we believe that? When we decide the amount that we're going to give, we talked about this in class and it hits so perfect with what I wanted to say. When we get our money, is it the first thing we think about or is it just what we got left? Is it the last thing on our mind? Well, this is what I got left out of the week after all the bills are paid and that's what I'm going to give. Or is it, God, I love you and I know you'll provide for me forever. I'm going to give you what really is yours. Because I know you're watching me and I know that when I do this, I'm acceptable to you. Hey, this is an act of worship. Or do we just do it because we're commanded to? Lord, I'm giving you this money first and foremost because you're the leader of my life. You guide my way and I know that I will always have what I need. How is our heart when it comes to giving? Is it made known like a fool? Or is it filled with wisdom? And we give with understanding. Do we have enough trust and understanding in the Lord to know that He would take care of us? Even if we did put all of it in the plate. The question is, do we as Christians really believe the verse that I've talked about for three or four of my lessons, Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. That is a promise from the mouth of Jesus Christ, brethren. Do we believe that? 
Money, I'm telling you, I know about money. I know about how it feels uh, about our money. I know sometimes that, uh, oh, here he goes preaching a money sermon. The elders probably need some more cash. That ain't it. This has nothing to do with anybody except for you and God Almighty. This is your act of worship. This is your responsibility. Which brings me to my third point. When we look at our heart, when it comes to the thought of giving, we need to strive to be as the widow and have the right heart and the right understanding of why and how we should do it. Why do we do it? Because God commanded us to do it. Absolutely. Why do we do it? Because we know God will provide for us. But how do we do it? As Christians, we have to use God's Word. Amen? We have to use God's Word. And what does God's Word do? It tells us how we must give. We need to give out of generosity, not obligation. And I'm going to finish in 2 Corinthians 9, uh, verses 5, 6, and 7. And I encourage you, I don't have time to deal with this as much as I'd like to, but I want you to read the rest of that chapter because it is very powerful on the concept of giving. Now listen to this. We need to give out of generosity, not obligation. 2 Corinthians 9.5 Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand which you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. When we give, it cannot be a grudging obligation. Man, I don't want to give this money, man. I could do so much with this cash. I need this cash. I'm not going to make it this week by giving this amount. We have to give thinking, you know what? I want to give this. I want to help the congregation at Fountainhead. I want to help the church as a whole around the world. I want to do this. Lord, I want to do this for you. We have to have a heart that wants to give to the Lord. We also have to understand that, I love this one, and this one's a hard one for me sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you I'm the greatest giver all the time. Sometimes I do wish I could have some more money. Huh? Let's just be real. But what I understand is there's a bigger concept at stake. It's not about me, it's about God and what He wants you to do and how He wants you to be pleasing to Him. Listen to what this says. We, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, it says, As we sow is how we reap. But, I say, but this I say, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. If you don't catch nothing else, catch this part, brethren. 
We need to understand that even if we don't receive money back, you know the TV preachers are going to say, hey man, you give me some cash, you're going to get it back. You're going to get a bunch back. And that may be true. But you may not. And so if you say, man, I've been sowing bountifully, and here I'm not getting anything back. Oh, brethren, but you are. Think about Mark White in Brazil. Think about the people that are being affected in Brazil that would never have the opportunity to hear the gospel. Huh? The ministry of reconciliation, what Doug just read. We're talking about reconciliation to God, brethren. We're talking about people who never would have had the opportunity to hear something that would save their lives, and that comes from us giving. What did he say? Lay aside on the first day of the week to do what? To help the brethren in Jerusalem. They were struggling. They needed help. We help. We got the radio program going into places that have never would never have the chance to hear the truth. We're giving to that. We're helping support those things. So we have to decide in our hearts how much we want to help. You know, when I get selfish and I start thinking about that money and I start thinking, "Boy, I could really use it," I have to remind myself that I'm helping further the kingdom with my money. Even what little bit I give. But I'm doing it out of generosity. I'm not doing it as a grudging obligation. And I want to reap bountifully. So in my mind, I understand that I'm going to sow bountifully. This isn't between you and, and, and the fountainhead elders. This is between you and God. And we also have to give with a cheerful heart. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. You know the amount you're going to give. You figure it out. You figure out what you're going to give to the Lord. And when you do it, you do it with purpose in your heart. Not grudgingly, remember, or of necessity, but do it cheerfully. I love telling the gospel to somebody. I love preaching the gospel to somebody. But my giving is a part of an act of worship, and I should be happy to be able to do that. Just as happy as I am to be able to take the Lord's Supper, or sing praises, or listen to a prayer. Lord, I thank you for this. I'm putting this money in the plate because I love you and I want to serve you. And I thank you for it. So remember this as I close. Proverbs 14.33 Wisdom rests in the heart of him who has understanding. But what is in the heart of fools is made known. The widow gave all she had, all her livelihood. 
Are we a safe giver? Only as long as it doesn't affect our lives? Or do we give with understanding, with wisdom, trusting the Lord, knowing He will help us through all things? And not only that, understanding we're furthering the kingdom. I, lo- I just love that. We are going, as you give, you further the ministry of reconciliation, brethren. Do we understand what reconciliation means? That means you're not right with somebody and you reconcile. God has given us a way to preach to men that they can be reconciled to Him. And we do that through our giving. You are contributing to furthering the gospel. Jesus is the master teacher and the one who all our hope and trust should be in always. Amen. And if we are going to love Him, we have to do what He says. So here's the question. How's your heart? On Him or on you? On His kingdom or on your kingdom? Well, maybe you're here today and you need to repent. Maybe your life is based on your kingdom and your glory. Maybe you're a Christian here and you've been living for yourself. You can make it right. You can repent today. You can make it right with the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you need to be reconciled to God. The gospel's for you. Peter told those on on the day of Pentecost, he said, Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. When your sins are forgiven, you're reconciled to God. If you need to be baptized, if you need to obey the gospel and become a child of God, Jesus said, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. You can do it right now. If you need to repent, come right now as together we stand and sing.